Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Subhub Podcast. I'm Danny Moreno. And I'm MK Sullivan. And this past weekend, as we're recording, was the 127th running of the Boston Marathon, which is the world's oldest annual marathon. The race was extremely exciting if you did not happen to tune in during your workday to watch, um, as it is every single year. Helen O'Beary made a massive move with a mile to go to win the women's race, and Evans Chubet came back to win for the second year in a row. But the race is exciting for those of us in the trail world because it saw two of its trail queens, Ninka Brinkman and our own Danny Moreno, running uh, the, the American Marathon. Boston was Danny's debut in the marathon, and she ran a gritty race to finish with a time of 2.38. She just missed the Olympic trials qualifier time, but we all know she can run it, and I think she's leaving with some more confidence knowing that she can run the time of 2.37 now as well. Ninke is the national record holder in the marathon for the Netherlands with a time of 2.22.51, and her run at Boston, um, she placed 15th, and she ran 2.24. And Ninke was also third at the European Championships Marathon last year, if um, you did not already know that. And she was the overall winner of the Golden Trail World Series final and won Zagama as well as the Pikes Peak Ascent. And did you also win uh, Flagstaff? Yeah. Yeah. She also won Flagstaff. Welcome, Ninke. And welcome, Thanks Danny. Thanks for as having well. me. <laughs> Yeah, we are so excited to have you on uh, just yeah, to chat all things Boston. How are, first off, how's your body feeling? Um, yeah, it's getting better every day. But yeah, I think I think as I told you, the the, the quads they they were suffering a little bit. <laughs> how about you? Yeah, the quad is like the lower quads, kind of like by the knee area, not like the meat of them. But uh, yeah, the day after the race, I was walking through the airport and I just could not walk normal. And in the airport, I I saw funny like videos and reels on Instagram kind of leading up to Boston, how everyone wears the jacket and the medal and I didn't really know how much of a parody that was, but literally hundreds of people <laughs> in the airport had their swag, had their medal, and they were walking around like spring chickens. And I'm just like, you know, using my hands to still walk, try and walk normal. I was just like, what did I do wrong? How are all of you just walking around perfectly? <laughs> well, I, I think you you dig deep then. Maybe they yeah, didn't think exactly. deep enough. <laughs> Yeah, Danny stayed with me before uh, she headed out to Boston for one night. And I was like, I'm so curious to see how you feel after this marathon, because my experience is that I am always way more sore after a road marathon than I am after a trail marathon or race. Like the roads just beat the crap out of your quads. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> but Especially this one with the downhill and the... Yeah, the concrete. Oh yeah. Ouch. I love the marathon, but it's it's brutal. And then and then I think at Boston, don't they make you guys walk pretty far from the finish line to get? Or maybe it's not that way for the elite athletes, but like my friends who have run it are like, yeah, it felt like we walked for four miles to get to where we needed to be after the race. Oh no, for I, I think we had to walk 200 meters or something. Ooh, not so far. That's nice. Yeah. yeah, that's nice. 
I think after Chicago, I had to walk like a mile to get back to the American development tent. And I was like, I'm not going to make it. (laughs) This is too much. This is way too much. I wouldn't have made it a mile. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I'm gonna, we'll, we'll go through like a race recap later. Uh, cause I'm, I'm curious to see, just hear about both of your experiences out there, but I want to start by asking, um, Ninke and Danny, how was your training leading into this race? You want to go first, Ninke? Ah, okay. Um, so I went six and a half weeks on a training camp in Kenya in February till Mm, yeah mid-march to do um yeah a lot of base training and also starting the um, uh the beginning of the marathon blocks and stuff and yeah i think i had a really good training phase there and then when i came back i raced half marathon just to do like a sort of a, a form check and then the last part of the the build was back in zurich so i i live uh in zurich so i just did that at home also, after a long time in Kenya, it was also nice to be um, back in your old old routine and do the finishing trainings. Um, yeah, but the weather was quite um, yeah not as good. Okay, I can't compare it to Danny's weather because it was not snowing all the time. But we had a lot of yeah rainy um, rainy days, and um, so that was harder. Um, mentally than in Kenya because there the weather is just good all the time really nice warm you know you're invited to run every day and uh, the last block in Zurich was just uh, motivational motivation wise a little bit harder with the weather (laughs) yeah I can imagine so were you in E10 yeah so I I stayed in E10 and then during the week uh, so in the weekend I was in E10 and during the week, I went to Kaptagat to train with the and um, then running team. Uh, they have a base in Kaptagat. And so I was there. Um, yeah, I slept there, I think. from. Uh, so I arrived on the Tuesday and then I left on the Friday again back to Iten. Okay. So Is um, Kaptagat yeah. also at altitude? Yeah, 2,400. Both, okay. I think, around 2,400. Meters. I don't yeah. know how many feet. <laughs> uh, that'd be somewhere around. It's like close to eight k. I would think. My math is slow, though. Maybe seven. But um, something I guess I forgot to mention is that Ninke is sponsored by Nike, and she's on the NN running team, uh, which includes Elliot Kipchoge, which I think is kind of a household name if you watch running at all. Um, so that's who she was training with during the week when she's talking about the NN running team is, um, it's, it's Kipchoge and who else are names that people might know from that group? Cause I feel like there's probably a lot. Uh, Joffrey Convor. And then you also have the track athlete. So Faith Kipiegon. Mm-hmm. And so it's, was also nice to have a, a group of girls to train with, um, because yeah, they kick your ass <laughs> and, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think it was really nice. They have a really good, like a, a routine every week, the same, you know, what's coming and it's just super focused. I, I had a really good, uh, focused training and good recovery and yeah, and that was just really, um, eye-opening to me how, how everything like 
after training, everything is about the next training. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's really cool to see and, and to learn that doing uh, not, not much in between trainings, you kind of need to learn that sometimes, I think. Uh, that helps a lot to be fresh for the next. Yeah. yeah. Having a community is just, it makes training so much easier as well. I oh, think. Yeah. 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 When you and, guys are all doing the same thing, it's a little bit easier to um, be able to click into that mindset. I'm sure versus, you know, try and apply that on your own. Definitely. Especially. Yeah. This is what I noticed when I came back uh, um, I had to do many trainings on my own. So it's, it's, you know, it, it, I noticed the difference. Uh, and I think you did everything alone, Danny. Yeah, pretty much. Or most of the trainings. <laughs> yeah. Danny, tell us about your training. Um, I mean, anybody who like lives in the mountain West this winter probably knows that it has been a rough winter for training. Um, and Danny chose to train for her first road marathon during like one of the biggest winters mammoth has ever seen. So tell us all about it. Um, yeah. You know, when you play, it's like Balderdash and you're trying to come up with uh, like story summaries and you want to make them sound very outlandish. I feel like I created some sort of chaotic outlandish <laughs> storyline <laughs> for myself. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think there was like a bajillion feet of snow here. Uh, no joke. Over 700 inches at this That's point. That's the scientific term, bajillion. Yeah, bajillion. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I can honestly say this was the most difficult training block I've had in a very long time, if not ever in my life, more so just like the mental challenge of showing up each day. And there hasn't been a training block where I've, I probably wanted to quit like three solid times that I could think of where I, you know, called my coach and I was just like, I can't do this, you know, like <laughs> this is hard. I can't even get to a treadmill. How am I going to do today? Or, you know, I was shoveling as a part-time job, no joke, probably like 10, 15. There was a couple of weeks where we were all shoveling 20 hours a week. And I think for me, I, I thread the needle so finely as it is with work and running and, and some other stuff that I do that this winter really tested me. And, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely, I guess I'm taking this more of a philosophical recap, but, um, it was definitely one of those things is, am I going to be more benefited by pushing through, or am I going to be more benefited by taking, taking the road out and, and deciding not to make this my debut? Because, for me, I had such an emotional investment in this debut for years. Like I've been waiting for this and to feel like I, I knew from the get-go, I was like, I'm not going to show up as my, my best self. Am I going to be okay with that? Um, lots of self-talk, lots of talking to my partner and my coach and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what? No, this, this season of my life, this, th I need this. I think I'm going to come out stronger. I know I'm going to show up, you know, probably not in PR PR shape, but I just want to like give this a go. And, um, yeah, so I just got as much done as I could again with threading the needle. I probably recovered the least amount I have in the last few years for a training cycle. And I felt that like Nikkei said, like 
you can see really big gains when you recover really well. And that's kind of been my superpower. And so that, that time that I used to have was <laughs> shuffling. Um, <laughs> I, I spend it, you know, I was like, well, I'm going to have guns that will be able yeah. to push me up Newton Hill. Intimidate everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to show up looking like a freaking wrestler. I'm going to be so strong. They're going to be, who's this girl? Um, and also just, I, I knew how lucky I was to be able to debut at Boston. Um, and I didn't want to miss out on that opportunity. I, I was really concerned that I wouldn't get it again because it was, it felt like a miracle that I even got an opportunity this time and I didn't want to miss out on it. And in the end, I knew if I could just get to that line, I knew I'd get the most out of myself. Um, so yeah, training in some very subpar, but the person I feel like I am today post the marathon, I am just so happy. I, I stuck through it. Yeah. I mean, you also don't know when you will be in top shape, you know, again yeah. ever so something always can happen so i think it's 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 good that you took the shot because you were healthy at the start line so yeah and you did really well thanks <laughs> yeah you got to take those chances when they come and i i'm sure like now that you guys have both done obviously marathon training blocks and trail training blocks i personally find doing Marathon training alone is like one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Whereas like trail training alone, I have so much fun because I'm like in the mountains doing workouts. It's like, it's less of like, I just feel like I dread doing marathon workouts alone way more than I dread doing trail workouts alone. And I don't know how you guys feel about that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think because you're way more aware of what you're doing, like it's very pace specific and yeah. Um, usually indeed you don't have the nicest surrounding like with the, with the trails. Um, so I think when I do a lot of the trainings like alone, I, we try to make the trainings that I, I, I really like. Uh, so I don't know. I like the longer extensive interval blocks and then I get excited because I, I just love doing those trainings and we don't do too many of the ones that I, that I don't like so much uh, to try to not make it m more complicated than, you know, than it should. Yeah. Keep it fresh. Keep you getting out the door. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's true. Like, yeah, but you have to motivate yourself way more if you're not in a group. Yeah. Did you, I know for me personally, I had to adjust a couple times um, just because I, I, And I, I really don't like adjusting. I think it's something that you should do seldomly. You should learn to do that here and there. But <laughs> considering the season of life, my coach was like, we're going to, you know, there's two days specifically where I started and I was so off pace. And he's like, all right, let's, let's change the plan. So you, you're not, you, you, it's more so mentally having that, that failure, right. In like quotes, did you have any workouts like that where you had to change things up? Yeah. Once uh, also, I, I was really not hitting the paces at all that we were like, which were quite obvious to, to go for. And if you're alone, it's like the end of the world, basically. <laughs> uh, and it's also hard to say to yourself, hey, uh, I don't do it uh, because 
usually it's nice if someone else can make the call for you like that. And I think those moments, then it's nice to have people around because they either they show you, okay, the circumstances of the training are very difficult, or maybe you have a bad day, but at least they can motivate you. Like, hey, maybe do do the same thing with a um, slower pace, but it's different if you just have people around to talk about it. Um, and if you're all on your own, it's really the worst thing in, in the world. Uh, yeah. But so f- with that training, it's in, in the end, uh, uh, luckily I could also uh, yeah, get in contact with my coach and we just did uh, less than uh, planned. And then right. it's fine because you kind of, kind of get like the confirmation. We, we have other days as well. I feel like we're all probably way more stubborn on our own than we are in group uh, sessions. Cause I I have a, like, yeah, this story where I tried to go do like a 24 mile run with like marathon pace and I couldn't hit a single one. And I just cried for like the whole run, but I just like ran really slow, finished the 24 miles. And then I texted my coach afterwards and he was like, MK, you could have just done it like two days from now. (laughs) It's like, yeah, God, I didn't even think about that. I just was like, I gotta finish this run. <laughs> yeah, no, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, yeah, the crying for sure. I'm a big crier. I share that all the time. <laughs> but but yeah. I mean, you had to do a lot of trainings indoor. Even that's like plus. Yeah, Danny, you were plus, on the treadmill a ton. Plus, plus points <laughs> on the <laughs> mental side. <laughs> hopefully that's worth 90 seconds and they'll let me into the Olympic trials uh, <laughs> for sure yeah it was um it definitely does something on the mind too I'm sure as both of you have experienced like similar to like the winter blues and stuff but then it gets exasperated if you're indoors like on a treadmill and it's just dark um and you're just sharing like staring at a wall and everything um yeah I took I probably took more caffeine this winter than I ever took before, uh, before workouts. I've never been a big, but it was like the only way I could get myself like feeling like I was hyped up and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, what would you, what would you say was your best, like best workout? Can you remember that day where you're like, I can do this? Oh, but this, I think I, it was in Kenya what, uh, during a long run. It was a really tough course also with up and down and, I think a lot of people thought because it was my first 40k long run and a few of the group, they also spoken after they said, we were, we were surprised that you finished it uh, because you started quite hard. And, uh, you know, that gave me a lot of confidence that I can, that you can do such long distance. I usually did my long runs quite easily. And, um, in Kenya, I, I did longer runs um, at a more like a tempo pace. Um, and so in my first one, it was also quite some uphill and downhill. And then I <laughs> just went for it, uh, but it it paid off. And, and th- that was, I think, a really good boost for your confidence. I think those workouts, they stick with you because you think, oh, yeah, I can, I can do it. I think, I don't know. How about yeah. you? How about you? Danny, what was yours? Uh, like very similar. It was the longest one. And I was so tired of the snow that finally I went down to Santa Barbara. And originally the plan was to be there for two weeks. So that's at sea level in California. 
like sea sea level you're on the ocean um and the goal the plan while i was there was to have five big workouts um and this was the third of those five and similar very long run with some hills because the whole thing was how is your body going to respond the second half of boston once like that's the most difficult part of the course and it's the the last you know it's 70 minutes or so um and i luckily had like a group of guys there's an instagram reel on my instagram because this media team heard i was doing this workout so that was really cool to like get it captured um and yeah after such after what i thought was very crummy training pulling that off and everyone being like wow the same kind of Thing, you're like oh maybe I am I am yeah. in shape like maybe I can do this um that was really cool and it was in the rain too you know which makes it feel a little bit more epic um the sad thing though was afterwards I thought I had a stress fracture so then I had to take you know three days off because <laughs> my foot. and I was like well at least I went out on a high note um so I unfortunately did I, I went back to the mountains and um had I couldn't do the last two workouts um but yeah that, that was the highest point of my training I would say and Danny did not have a stress fracture I didn't have a stress fracture. Yeah. <laughs> oh man yeah those you guys are tough as hell and I feel like yeah each of you like Ninke, you training up at like high, high altitude when you're not from there. And Danny, you training for this freaking crazy winter, like just made you guys so much tougher for this race. Um, and so I'm curious because Boston is like notoriously one of the harder marathons because of its hills and everything. Um, so I'm curious, why did you choose Boston? Ninke, you go first. Um, yeah, for me, it was the course actually. It's a super challenging course and um the, it's like um running this marathon without any pacers it's like really a a fighting race and it's not about the time really uh and this i think it could be a good prep if you want to go to the olympics so this race wasn't to qualify for the olympics but it was more like to get experience for racing in yeah not uh, a super flat course with rough conditions and rough competitors, I think. Yeah. Cause I think that everybody kind of assumed that Paris would be a flat course, but it's pretty hilly, isn't it? Oh yeah. In terms of the course profile. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was surprised about that. Yeah. I, I like it that it's not super flat. <laughs> um, so that's, that's, that will be like, uh, yeah. A race where it's not about time. It's just fighting the way, yeah, your way through. And I think in a, in a race like Boston, you can, at some point they went really fast. Uh, the, the, the front group, we started off quite slow, but then they went really fast. Uh, I think they had a 5k of like three, uh, three pace. Oh, that's it's in kilo. I don't know, in miles per minute. They were anyway, in like very 517 fast. for a while, I think. Yes. And then, you know, I mean, that's the, if you look at the finish time, it's like 2.21. So, you know, that's, they, they won't hold it for the full race. So people can potentially blow up big time or they go slower again. So you can have, you can have different tactics, I think, to finish a race like this. Um, but then if you have a lot of headwind, like we had, it's also good to be in a group. So it's a very, it's a lot of 
things to think about. And in a race where you have a flat course, you have pacers before you, you don't really have to think uh, what to do. You just follow. And I think this, this, this race gives a lot of experience. Yeah. It's very tactical in terms of how people run it, which is why it almost always comes down to like the last half mile for the top, you know, three to five places. You're like, how are they still together? Yeah. And then, you know, sprint finishes in a marathon, like what? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Danny, why did you choose Boston? Especially as your debut. Yeah. Yeah. So I messed up in the head. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, very similar to, to Nikkei's share, shared, uh, experience there in that um it's just it's a hard course and I like to do hard things and I liked the challenge of it it felt like a puzzle I've heard so many horror stories about Boston but equally it's balanced with the beauty of it and the atmosphere and the culture around the race I mean I think that's probably the most fans you'll see it at an, at an American race period. I'm just going to throw that. I I'm pretty sure there's hundreds of thousands of people there and there was, there's little to no space where someone isn't lined up shoulder to shoulder cheering for you. Um, and so, yeah. And it was one of those things too, like growing up, at least in the States, like I didn't know any other marathon besides Boston. Like that's the only one I thought existed (laughs) for most of my young life. Like, oh, Boston Marathon, that's that's what everyone's trying to do is Boston Marathon. I didn't really know of anything. Even living in L.A., I'd never really heard of L.A. Marathon. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of just like this had this aura around it and lore that I, I really wanted to be a part of. And, yeah, I'm just still just so grateful that I, you know, one of three women that got to debut there this year, I felt like I was part of a special club Um and the the conditions actually just to layer that on there, I thought that was really fascinating, just how it's different every year. Um, so like Nikkei said, you have to really be ready to problem solve, you know, based on what we're gonna. I didn't even know we we're gonna have a headwind until like the day before. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Yeah, the forecast happen. kept changing on you guys like daily. Yeah. There was one point where I was like thunderstorms all day. And then the next day it said no rain. And then the day of it's like oh it's gonna rain on and off the entire time it's like all right <laughs> we're gonna do this thing yeah or and and then i heard i think just for the start i heard yeah no 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 worries uh it won't rain and <laughs> when when we started there, like mile like, two oh. <laughs> yeah no from right from the start i was like ah this really feels like rain <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man i we joke like um how, you know, when we say like, oh, I run trails, like people always ask like, oh, well, what ultras have you done? And Boston, I've, I've found like, anytime somebody finds out that you run a marathon, they're like, oh, did you qualify for Boston? And it's like, yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> it's uh, a badge of honor. It is a badge of honor for sure. It's, uh, it's, I've never been to Boston. I've never raced Boston, but, um, just like watching the live stream and yeah, seeing all the crowds, is so cool. I was telling Dinke before we started that um, the Olympic trials in Atlanta was so cool. I hated the loops so much, like just as in my head, it was terrible. But the cool thing about it was it was never quiet, like kind of same thing. There was never a point where 
people weren't cheering for you. And that there's just something about that, that even when you're tired, you're like, I got to keep going for these people that I don't know that are cheering for me because my name's on my bib. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's I, and you guys are sounding like trail runners being like, Oh, well, I chose it because it was hard (laughs) (laughs) and I like to do hard things. Oh man. But So were you guys both feeling pretty confident going in, like that you were going to have the day that you wanted? Um, You go first. No. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, I, I felt like I did enough to get the qualifier. Um, I, you know, before my training block even starts. So this is after trail season and we just found I got in. I would say my goals were a lot more loftier. I was thinking, you know, all right, I'm going to get in the best shape of my life. I'm going to give myself that like two, uh, 230, 233. I can do that. I just really believed that was my capability on that course. Um, And then I got sick a bunch and I was like, all right, maybe like 233, 234, you know, and then the winter really started to come in and I just felt uh, again, you know, talking about recovery, my recovery was just so slighted day by day, week by week. And I could feel my, my mental fortitude was, was, um, struggling. And so that's why I was like, all right, we're, we're going for the trials, Mark. I just need to get on that line healthy. And, and that was the goal. So when I was there, I think it was a little hard to continue to reel in my expectations because I always want to perform at what I think is my, my top tier. Um, but at the same time, I felt confident that I could hit the trials mark, like no matter what. Um, so yeah. What about you, Nikkei? And placing, uh, I, had no, I had no clue at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, okay, so I, I think the thing is that you don't look at the time. I mean, I was not thinking about any th- times, but then it was also for me very hard to think about position because... You go in as uh, I, I went in as a twentieth, so sort of as a on the in theory, on paper. Um, but of course, yeah, if if you if you if you're competing, you don't want to go for twentieth position. Um, but then if I look at the start line, like who is there, I was like, yeah, well, it's, it's gonna be so so tough to raise those women. But I also don't want want to like exclude myself but including myself in this group it's kind of uh, yeah I know I'm not there you know um so it was very tough and then I just or to think of a um what will happen in terms of position or time so then I just thought I I look at it in a way that after the race I I need to feel that I I really gave everything that I don't regret, uh, you know, not pushing at this part or, you know, that afterwards I'm like, yeah, well, this, this was, this was what I had for today. And I think in the end that's, that's, uh, that happened. Yeah. I think it was tough, uh, because some parts you run alone and if there are a lot of people in front of you, um, that's also tough, you know, <laughs> because you, yeah, I think if you're fighting for first place, second place, you know, or if you're fighting for 14th or 15th in your mind, it's different, I think. Yeah, I think you guys both squeezed 
just about everything you had out of yourselves at Boston, though. I thought you guys both ran really great races. Um, and we'll get to the race in a second. I do have one more question, though, uh, prior to our race recap. And I just want to hear, because both of you were in the elite field, which is pretty exclusive at Boston. It's uh, pretty small, actually. And so I'm just curious, Ninke, I know you've probably been in that situation more than once, but Danny, being your like debut marathon Tell us a little bit about that experience. Um, at least at Boston, and Nikki can confirm this. I just felt like that was top of the chain of an experience. Um, I just like from the communications and, you know, there was like an athlete hotel where there was seemed to be press people around all the time. And yeah, there was like a certain feeling in the air when you were there around those athletes. And I think it started to really come to fruition uh, the day we had the mandatory meeting because everyone is in the room and people's coaches are there. You know, I think of a trail race. I don't see anybody's coaches or entourage ever. It's just the athletes. And you have all these entourages, you know, Nike being part of NN, you see all the NN with the, with the red kits and stuff, which is so cool. And then you see like the Nike folks and Hanson's uh, project and stuff like that. So it was cool to see that those different things. And um, yeah, it, it just, it just felt like a gold star treatment. But I think for me, the the coolest moment is you have to check in your uniform and you have to check your shoes. And when they check your shoes, they put like a stamp on your shoe. And in my head, I was like, we're the only people to get a stamp on our shoe. And it just felt like this really cool moment that I was like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in the elite field. And it says Boston 127. And I'm sure, um, if somebody wins, like they could put that shoe in like a, a museum or something like that. But uh, I feel like I'll, sh I'll save that one shoe for that reason, even when it's done and dead. Um, so yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, it is cool it's to have the Boston 127 stamp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I think everything is about the athlete. Yeah. It's really uh, yeah, in a in a really high level, or uh, I have I have didn't experience that before either. I was also a bit overwhelmed, <laughs> but it's yeah, it is uh, it's and for me it was also you know you see all the people that you you that really inspire you for such a long time, and then you sit next to them or uh, we st we stand next to them on the start line. You know, it's it was a bit surreal. Yeah, it definitely was. I would say that um, the getting onto the buses in the morning, that part was a little surreal because I've seen that on TV before, you know, where the athlete like walks into the hotel lobby room and there's all these people cheering. And what time is it at that time? Like 6 a.m. or something. <laughs> and all these people are there yeah. just to say hi to the athletes getting onto the bus and uh, you get onto the bus and there's like a whole police entourage, like full detail, taking you from the finish to the start. And then you get to the start and you have like your own tent. And it was so awkwardly quiet. I don't know if you felt the same way, Nike, yeah. but everyone is just like in the room and, you know, like in 
in college cross country or high school cross country, you're like waiting to see when other people warm up, like the timing of it, (laughs) even though you've done it a hundred times or, you know, a handful of times and you know how to warm up. I kind of felt like that. I was like, when is Sarah Hall going to start warming up? I should probably start warming up when she's warming up. (laughs) And then I was like, is Des Linden still stretching? I should be stretching right now. And I felt like I was questioning everything. I was like, Danny, you've done this a billion times. Like just do the same thing. But it's just like Nikkei said, it's so many people that I've looked up to and I just have so much respect for. And I was like, what are they doing now? Okay, we should all go to the bathroom. This is the bathroom. <laughs> Let's all hold hands. Let's all hold hands. <laughs> um, and then they they take your stuff and then they take you to the start line. And then that's when I felt the nerve starting to go down because I was, you know, the race is about to finally begin, which was cool. And I was there with Nikkei too, which for me, yeah. I was spoiled as heck having Nikkei there to have someone that I like, no, no, you know, cause I couldn't talk to, to those. I don't, I don't know them. Um, so I was so grateful that you were there. It just made my experience so much better. Yeah. It, it's, I, I agree. If you really know, know somebody, it's really different because you can, you can also express a bit like, uh, I don't know, I'm quite nervous and stuff. And yeah, the others are probably also nervous, but they don't, yeah, it's not really, nobody talks about it. So we were, we could talk a little bit. <laughs> that was nice. Exactly. Yeah, it was fun. Um, like watching the broadcast in the morning on my couch. I was like, I knew the two of you, and then like I knew uh two other people on the start line. I'm like, look, it's Danny. Oh, that that's Ninke. And Tommy's like, I don't see him. I'm like, like, look, that that's them. As you guys are like running in the pack together, I'm like, oh, there they are again. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to know people on TV. You guys are like so famous now. <laughs> So now that we've made it to the start line, you're talking about the start line anyways, do we want to get into this race recap? Um, I don't know exactly how we are going to structure this, but I feel like you guys just start going and kind of like section it out um, and and we'll just see how it goes. Yeah. Ninka, you go because you're the front and then I'll explain from my perspective. Yeah. I mean, I think we started with the whole group. I think it, start, it started really slow. And what I thought when it started really slow, I thought that just means uh, it's going to go really hard. Like, you know, you're just thinking about, okay, when, when, when is it happening? And it's just, you know, you're not going to make the move. So you're just waiting. And I think at 5, 10K, I don't remember exactly. Then they had this really fast 5K. I think the group until 5K was like really big, right? Yeah. And then, yeah, so I think until 10, it was, yeah, I think the whole way it was still quite big, but between 10 and 15, I think it started to really split into groups. Yeah. Yeah, For for those of you listening, uh, their first mile was a 609, which is like 243 pace and these women end up running like like the winners ran like 222 so they were crawling for for their marathon pace in that first mile at least if not more than that yeah I was literally next to Edna Kiplagat and uh there's so much saying how she she could she could run that course in her sleep right she's had so much success there and I was next to her and like maybe half of a millionth of a second. I was like, whoa, maybe I could actually follow Edna. And then <laughs> the first the first mile was like, oh, we're literally just 
walking. That's why she's next to me right now. Um, and then she took off, of course. And I was like, okay, bye, Adna. It was nice uh, sharing, you know, <laughs> half a mile with you. Um, but yeah, from my perspective, the the first mile, I also thought the same thing, Minkay. I was like, okay, these women could hold five thirties in their sleep. There's they're gonna have to make this up very soon, or they're gonna start surging to like start to break up the pack. Um, and I actually lost contact at like the second mile, but I would say that was very intentional because I didn't want to be a part of the surging. I would say, like going back to my training, I felt like I lost like a month early on and that last month would have probably been the part where we did some more like pace changing. And so I was kind of nervous to like be in the group for that. And so I kind of just wanted to stay at my like 545, 550. And there's probably like a group of eight of us that held back and you guys just like started to go already at 5k. And in my head, I was like, they're running so much faster than us. There's going to be carnage for sure. Because seeing how big the group was, I was like, not all of those women are going to yeah. break 2.30 today. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to stay back here. And already, like you said, starting around like 6, 7K, women already started falling back and we were starting to catch them. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that's it. I think this is the best feeling that you're starting to catch people instead of people are catching you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think... I think so for me, I was still in this big group between 10 and 15 when they went like all of a sudden, like really fast. Then I let go with some other as well. I was a bit on my own for a bit, but I looked back and then there was like a smaller group coming, really quite a nice group. And they were still going at the pace that I could just, so I sort of waited for them and I hang on in the back. Also nice, you know, with the wind because the wind, the, the it was quite a strong headwind, and I was it was like I think you can call it like a chasing group. <laughs> so you had the, the the leading group, and then I was in the second group. Um, yeah, until I think thirty five or or something or thirty three. Nice. So what did you guys go through the twenty one k and for the half marathon? I think one eleven. Nice. And you, were you in a group? Yeah. So that at group, that time, the group I joined at like mile two, there was, you know, like six, eight of us. And then it dwindled down to six of us. And then by the time we hit the half marathon, there was three of us. Um, and that was pretty much the group I, I was with the rest of the time. And it was actually quite nice because we talked. I don't know if you talked to the women in your group, um, but we actually talked to each other. And we're like, what pace are you going for? What pace? Oh, me too. Me too. Okay. And then there was kind of like this cool consensus and agreement that we were going to trade off leads. So like I led for three miles and then another girl like came up and then she started leading and then the other girl started leading. So that was a real, I mean, for my first marathon experience, I was like, this is dope. <laughs> I yeah, love this. Really nice. <laughs> to to have that and then what was also cool is we learned each other's bottle numbers really quick and um so whenever we hit the bottles we would get in the line and the and because we learned we were nine we were like seven ten eleven so the seventh girl grabbed her bottle and would move tenth girl would grab and then I would grab so it was this it was really cool yeah oh that's really nice that's best case scenario (laughs) yeah 
Did you did you guys talk to each other at all or it was kind of just quiet? In this group, not so much, but I had it was funny, like in the when we were still in a really big group in the beginning, it was sometimes a bit like messy and I I I hit um I went to the right but a little bit too too, too fast. So I, I didn't see a woman behind me and I I touched her. And it was re- it was uh, not on purpose, but she was kind of pissed. So she said, "Like, yeah, be careful." Like, oh. and I really, I really felt bad about it because it was mm, not on purpose. So uh, I thought I. So then after I ran next to her and I said, "Say sorry, that was really not on purpose. Uh, I hope you're okay." And and then and then she was like, "Oh no, no, it's fine." But then it was very nice because at ten kilometer, I. I missed my bottle, so I grabbed it, but it fell down. I was like, oh, shit. But then she actually came to, like, run next to me and said, hey, we can share my bottle. So that was really nice. And she was the one really pushing the the, the second group. So it was, we didn't really talk about the pace, but I had, it was a good, I think it was not an aggressive vibe in this group. Yeah. Yeah, when you can have people in your group that are like willing to share water bottles, that's a game changer. I had a couple yeah, of women it, do that. It's at so nice. Yeah. yeah. They're like, are you sure you've had enough? Like, I'm not going to finish this. And it's like, uh, I'm good, but I really appreciate your kindness. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Do you know who that was, Pinky? Yeah, Naguri. Oh, okay. I think she, yeah, she, she's, she's, uh, afterwards, I also said thanks. And, you know, she's a really nice lady. Yeah, that's awesome. So Danny, how was your, like, I know that you guys had your uh, bottles kind of down, but overall, how was your first marathon bottle table experience? Uh, it's, it, I could see why I was nervous because it is, <laughs> it's stressful. Um, I'm so used to trail running where I, I have that control. Um, and I can, I can problem solve. Um, and so I did drop a bottle, which I think probably had a factor. It probably wasn't the factor that led to my bonk. Cause I dropped it right before Newton. And honestly, it was cause I got a little bottle cocky and that I, I hit all my bottles and the way I was doing it is I was so nervous and I don't know about Uniki, but I was a little cold. So I felt like my hands just like, weren't grabbing that great. Um, and so whenever I'd go to the bottle, I'd do like this, I'd like clap my hands together to like two oh, of them yeah. and to grab it. And I nailed every single one. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to one hand this. I'm feeling good. We're about to go into the hills. I'm going to be, I'm fine. And like at that moment, my confidence was going up because we were, we were on pace, you know, body's feeling good. I'm sure anyone that's ever run a marathon is probably laughing at my confidence at this point because they know what's about to come. And so, yeah, I, I tried to grab the bottle and it just went foop, just straight off the table. And I was like, Oh, well, crap. I really needed that. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're, literally, yes. we're literally going into the Newton Hills, the part where everyone like says is the worst part of the race. And I just dropped it, And that was liquid calories. It wasn't like just water. Um, yeah. And so I tried to mitigate and like grab some water and Gatorade. Um, but for me, my fueling just like I, I would give it a C, maybe even a C minus this race because I was so full. I, so I say a factor because I was on my period. And when I'm on my period, like 
I find that I need to drink more water. Um, so I put a little bit extra water in my bottles, you know, thinking that on top of the fact that training at altitude, I'm used to drinking a lot of water because it's so dry. So I, I already have a lot for living at altitude and I added more for being on my period. So like trying to get all my calories down just became such a struggle so quick. Um, so that is a huge lesson learned for me. Do much less water next time. Um, and so it started to get really hard for me to eat anyways. But that was the bottle where I was like, this one you have to eat no matter what, even if you feel full. So then when I dropped it, I was like, Ugh, maybe try and grab some Gatorade, some water. Um, but yeah, that that was pretty tough, that whole experience. <laughs> Did you drop any other yeah. bottles past the 10K? No, but you know that the first one, I also did with two hands and I got my confidence within five kilometers. <laughs> yeah. So I did this move where <laughs> what, the, what you just described, I, I did exactly the same thing. And then I dropped it at 10 K and I was like, okay, I can't, I can't do that. Uh, I, I have, so the rest of the race, I was also with, with two hands all, all the time, <laughs> but I, I, honestly, and I heard a lot of women talking about this. Uh, it was really hard to drink. And I think it's not, it was also temperature. I couldn't, I really couldn't drink what I was used to. And I didn't had any, you know, different things. I had my usual um, uh, amount and the, in training, everything went fine. But this day, it was really hard. I think it was be because it was really cold somehow. Yeah, it just wasn't hot enough for you guys to need it. And just so you guys, yeah. uh, listeners know, they're they're mixing their calories in the water already so in order to get all of the calories they have to drink everything that's in there which is why they're like i was so full i couldn't keep going like they're not just throwing back gels and then chugging water they have to finish the water to get all the calories that they had planned for yeah yeah which that was a new experience for me because i don't really mess with liquid calories um but I'm sure as both of you know, like when you're running faster, that is way definitely, it's way easier to drink your calories. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's super interesting. It definitely was the weather. Cause I mean, there was parts of the race where I was like, am I even sweating? Yeah. <laughs> or, is, or am I just wet from the rain? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, you don't get really warm. Like I wasn't cold, but I never got warm. Yeah. Like really hot or something. And then I, I think this was the factor for drinking because I asked many people afterwards and I, everybody said that they struggled with drinking. Yeah. So maybe yeah. it was also the, the, the conditions in general, like, uh, yeah. yeah because on a warmer, warmer day, I, on a warmer day, I think it would be good what you, what you did with your bottles, Danny. Thanks. I, yeah, I appreciate that. I, it's helpful to know other people struggle because sometimes, I don't know, with you guys on your period too, it's like, I try to map it out as best as I can, knowing, you know, if it's the beginning of the period, what it feels like versus the end of the period. And this is by no means meant to be, uh, what's that called? Like a excuse, right? It's just something that we all have to deal with um, and just learning those variants and then adding the weather <laughs> on top of that. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. But it's hard because it's anyway, yeah, in training, it can also be different than in racing. You know, you have also extra nerves. It's so yeah. I think there are in any ways more factors than, so it's just, yeah, now, because I did now in total 
four marathons and I can can look back at all of them. But I I won't ever say like, oh yeah, but um yeah, I, I compare more the races than to all the trainings and in the trainings you practice it sort of because you can never have the full race ex- experience. Yeah. Yeah. But then yeah, you get confident in the training, so you do what you train. Yeah, this is how I do it as well. <laughs> yeah. And, and I then all of a sudden your hands are cold. Much. And all of a sudden your hands are cold. And you can't yeah, grab it with one hand. <laughs> and, you oh, can't, yeah. and you can't maverick your freaking water but, bottle. <laughs> yeah, but I was exactly like you. I was really like, oh, why am I actually trying with two? I can yeah. definitely do it with one. <laughs> I'll look so much cooler in the photos. If I, can yeah. <laughs> if I could do like a little backhand and like flip yeah. it in the air. Oh, <laughs> people were doing this. That was awesome. Oh I my god! pretty jealous. <laughs> you're like not me today not me <laughs> so the Newton Hills is kind of like the beginning of the crux of this marathon and so I, I kind of want to hear your guys like Newton Hills to heartbreak hit top of heartbreak hill experience because um, then from heartbreak hill on it's downhill but as we all know it doesn't feel downhill um, so give me a rundown of Newton Hills to the top of heartbreak hill Go ahead, uh, I think this was the hills were really good for me because <laughs> I was losing the group, but the uphill I could still stick with them. So it was kind of the catch up moment for me a bit. And it's not that I went like crazy, uh, but I just felt like, okay, there I don't, I can just put in quite some energy uh, and it makes me go back to the group rel- relatively easily. And then always the sort of the downhill parts they they went faster and faster and at some point I lost them anyways unfortunately um but I think the hills I was really focused on just trying to hang on on the group to with the groups that I can I think I forgot that I was really running the hills with maybe it was a good distraction I think yeah. yeah, but uh, the, the really the last part, you still have a few bumps, right? Really in the end, you still have two and then you go in the tunnel and you still you have to go up again. And those are and at the 40 kilometer, just before this uh, last uh, bottle station. They don't call this a hill, but I, you, you definitely feel this. I don't know about you, you guys are coming out of the underpass or the overpass there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that hill looks terrible on TV. <laughs> It's terrible. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and you have to grab your drink. And well, in the, with my last drink, I just take it in the mouth and uh, try to keep it in my mouth for 10 seconds and then spit it out. Since I was really like, you know, I was dying. And then I had to try to keep it in my mouth. I was really happy. Not in this area, there were not a lot of spectators, luckily, <laughs> because I looked like an idiot. No. <laughs> no, you probably looked great. It's uh <laughs> what we feel like versus what we see. Um yeah, the, the hills very same experience for me. I was like, yes, really glad this trail running is working out for me. <laughs> These hills. It feel, the hills felt great. And again, I just missed that bottle, but then my confidence was at a high. And then as we were going up the hill, I was like, this feels really good. I I'm gonna do this, right? Because um, in contrast to Nikki, I am there for a time, like place, whatever, but like I was glued to the watch. Um, and 
as we were going up of my three group, one of the girls started falling off, which when people start to fall going into the last parts of the race, your confidence actually goes up because you're like, I'm feeling good. They're starting to to fade uh, as much as I wanted her to stay with us because we'd already worked together that entire time. And then to my surprise, I don't know if you saw that banner too that said, you're at the top of Heartbreak Hill. Um, like you've made it to the summit of Heartbreak Hill. Maybe you didn't notice that as well. <laughs> no, <Nope. Right. laughs> I, I was like, we're already at the top. Like, I didn't realize that we had already done the two. There's like a fall summit and then there's the real summit. Summit take really take it, be taken really lightly. Um, and then we started going on the downhill. And I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm feeling really good. And one the one girl that had stuck with me, she just shot off like rocket. And I was like, okay, she's, she's goodbye. Like, bye. <laughs> it was nice hanging out with you. She just started flying. Um, and I like kind of started picking up a little bit, but the girl that dropped off, she pulled up next to me. She's like, come on, we got to go. We got to go. And that's when my wheels just like, I hit like 545, which is kind of what I was thinking. And I was like, you just have to hold on to 610 pace. Like you have that much buffer. Just hold on. It's only, it's only a 5k, Danny. <laughs> what, what in worlds can happen in a 5k? It is only three miles and change. But like Nikkei said, those two hills were the worst hills. Like I know people say they aren't hills, but those feel like the worst hills out of the entire race. Um, and yeah, I just started like running sideways, diagonally. I, that was a very, very tough bonk. And, you know, it's hard. You start making deals, right? You're like, well, if I just run 630, I'll, I'll still hit it. And then, you know, you run 645 for me. And then I was like, well, if I just run, if I just pick it up to 620 pace, I'm going to still make it. And then it was like seven minutes. And I was like, all right, this is... <laughs> <laughs> this was a good attempt. Oh and then after that, I was like, just don't stop. Don't yeah. stop. You will not wake, you will not wake back up. You will not get back up. And you just want to finish. Just finish. It'll still be, you know, a good, a solid debut for all things considered. Um, and nothing, I'm I don't know, Nikkei, what about you? Like coming into that finish, I was eyes in the back of my head, but that was the, the coolest thing. You could just see. So a sea of people, right? With like the finish yeah. line. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think the last 2K I could, I was, I was sort of reborn again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it probably didn't look like it, but that's how I felt at least. Yeah. And yeah, then so many people. And indeed when you do the turn, I, yeah. in that turn, I still overtook one person and I really had to be like, okay, I need to really take that I really have it together to her because otherwise she comes back. So I was really try like really faking my 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 good my good form. <laughs> sort of like, bye, I'm overtaking you with full confidence, but I was not confident <laughs> at all. <laughs> but she uh, I managed there, but and it was a cool cool finish. It was just this long, uh, long street, it's last 400 meters, I think. When you do the last turn, I think it's 600 to go. 600 yeah okay it feels long no, it, it looks long, long. it is actually i mean still a lot happens there <laughs> yeah i think in the men's race like i saw scott Fable pass like two people just on that one straightaway yeah because you're like oh they've made the turn they're coming into the finish and then it's like four minutes later they've made it to the finish <laughs> or whatever but yeah 
So you said, Ninke, that you kind of um, lost contact with the group, like, you know, on the downhills. So were you running that last bit of the race on your own? Yeah. Yes. But then later on, I, it was, it was close. I think within 30, I think the number seven to where I finished is all within 30 seconds. So it was wow. really, I was also thinking, oh, maybe I can do more. When you overtake one, you think you're, you're the queen, but <laughs> it's really, it's really hard to overtake people. But it was, I really saw a lot of people still like, whoa, it's, it's close there. Um, but obviously it's really, yeah, it's not possible to, to overtake. Uh, but I think some of the, of, of the leading group or the, the second group, they, they fell off really, you know, they, they fell off quite late in the race. I expected a lot to, to be, uh, falling off earlier, but I think maybe in the last mile or something that a lot of people were having uh, we're struggling a lot. Dang. Did anyone overtake you in the last part? Yeah, I think it's um, after 40, no, I don't know, around 40 kilometers, uh, Nel Rojas overtook me. And I was like, shit, I want to overtake her again. But I didn't manage. I think she was like 10 seconds before me. Dang. yeah so she close. was strong yeah she had a strong finish and the crazy thing about watching it on the broadcast is because that straightaway is so long and the angle that they show it from is like on the ground like as a spectator you're like oh my gosh she's gonna catch her she's gonna catch her yeah. and then they like show the overhead view and it's like oh just kidding that person's like <laughs> 20 seconds back <laughs> yeah but you're yeah. like oh and this is it <laughs> yeah <laughs> and on tv you we always think like, ah, oh, come on, push harder. Yeah. You know, but it's just so weird to actually be in that position and not be capable of going harder. And when somebody it, passes you in your head, you're like, okay, just go with them. And you like, try to move your legs and it's yeah. like, nope, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the guys from like the first wave of the rest of the race started passing me and they're like, come on, come on. You're almost there. And I just like, couldn't even respond. I'm like, dude, I'm just trying to remember how to run right now. <laughs> Thank you. But how do you move your arms to pick up my legs? <laughs> don't, don't run over, don't run over the freaking barricade because, <laughs> but yeah, they were, they were very quite kind. Like you said, people as they're passing you too, they're like, come on, let's go. Let's yeah, go. That's motivating you yeah and you're like I wish that I had anything left in these legs because I would yeah. but I, I literally can't <laughs> I love that for you I'm gonna stay right here yeah <laughs> what happened after the finish did you fall down or uh yeah someone caught me and this guy was like are you gonna be okay and I was like can you just put me on that wall over there and I just like stood on the wall for a little bit um because I definitely probably would have like fell sideways I, I, cause I, I, to me, I was like, just, just keep going. Don't give up. Just like get across that finish line. Um, and then I just remember this one part, like, can I please have a Gatorade and yeah, come in right up. We're going to get you Gatorade. He gives it to me and if you try, I try to drink it, nothing coming. I was like, it's not, it's not working. <laughs> He's like, it's not working. How do we, how do we get this kid? And, and then they had to like, take the cap off, pull the little thing off. <laughs> 
I thought I was going crazy. I was like, I can't even drink from a Gatorade bottle right now. <laughs> What's going on? Um, and then we went and walked over to the elite. Uh, they had like a recovery room and then that was really nice. I got to see Ninke there. Um, but oh, it's yeah, kinda, yeah. <laughs> everyone, everyone yeah. was dead. Everyone, every, no, there was very few like huge smiles. Everyone was just like, what did we just go through right now? <laughs> yeah. It was quite funny because I think you sat down quite, just too far to have a chat, yes. but we both were sitting and we saw each other and like we're waving and be like, we want to chat. So both <laughs> making the movement to stand up, but <laughs> both realizing, okay, we can't stand up. <laughs> we are stuck here for at least the next yeah. hour. <laughs> yeah. And then... Oh. And then, of course, you're starting to be like, who won? You know, like, how'd it go? And that's what I heard yeah. about, you know, the men's race and the women's race and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, true. That's cool. Well, congrats to you both on a on a successful Boston. I know, Danny, you're a little disappointed, and that's all right. You, uh, you'll definitely come back stronger next time. The marathon is just, like, such a learning experience, just like any type of racing. So, you know, doing it the second time will be, like, significantly better than the first um so Uh, I'm curious oh what Um, were you gonna say I I just want to add oh (laughs) go go ahead I want to add you 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 chose the toughest race like really I think you uh, you would have qualified on the on the on the fast course definitely yeah thanks I um yeah definitely having that in my back pocket has been nice I've, I've had a few people reach out and say the same thing and I chuckle because I'm like this is this is that's literally why I chose this race I wanted to to feel this um and I can totally see why everyone is addicted to road marathoning I it, even though it ended the way it did like I'm so excited to do another one and I think it's so cool Nikkei how you're constantly going through uh going back and forth because they're completely different challenges they're both very difficult but like in very different ways. And so I can see why it's so fascinating for sure. I know. And I, I told Danny, uh, like I've been telling Danny since the beginning of the year, like, I don't really want to run the marathon, try to qualify for the trials. Like, I don't want to do that. And like, as soon as you guys finished racing, I was like, okay, signing up for a marathon. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) It's also when you watch it, watch it or be in the environment, it's like really motivating. Yeah. Every year that I watch Boston, I'm like, gosh, dang it. I'm going to sign myself up for a road marathon, aren't I? <laughs> but it'll be fun. I don't know what yet, but Danny and I'll have to, we'll have to coordinate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be nice. Um, so last thing, we already know Danny's race plans of the future, but what, uh, what comes after Boston for you, Ninke? Um, so I will go back on the trails for a bit. Uh, we'll see. My first race will be in Mont Blanc Marathon for the Golden Trail Series. Uh, the Sagama was I was signed up, but actually I just with, withdrew. Withdrew? Do you say it like this? Yeah. Uh, because I think, um, yeah, I think I needed a little bit more recovery. It's three weeks out, and I think it's uh, too too close to the Boston Marathon. I think that's probably a smart move. Yeah. What's up? Do you have any plans after our Mont Blanc marathon yet? Or are you just kind of playing the rest of the season by ear? 
so um, I will also do Sierra now. But the main goal, so the main goal of this year is to qualify for the Olympics. So that's really, I will put everything be, um, besides if uh, I know it needs to be put to the side to make it to my next marathon. In the fall, I haven't decided yet which one, but I want to do a fast one so that it would be, um, yeah, a fast time. Cool. Yeah, you have plenty of options, so I'm sure they'll yeah, be fun yeah. to pick one out. And darn, you're going to focus on going to the Olympics. What Dang. a bummer! <laughs> what a bummer! No, we're so excited that. Uh, well, I first need to need to qualify. <laughs> what is the qualifying time? Uh, two twenty six fifty. Okay. Be your and dad, your, she your was time. telling me offline that it doesn't count. Be, uh, Boston doesn't count because it's a point to point. Whoa. Yeah crazy i didn't know yeah, i think that. it counts in the u.s uh, for just a trial qualification yeah. right yeah that's why you did it yeah um, it's, it's like the same reason that ryan hall doesn't like have the technical american record because he ran it at boston and it's not a it's not a loop wow yeah i'm yeah that's crazy what if i did get the time and it didn't count that would have been, <laughs> been just as disappointing <laughs> no one told me the entire time um yeah Anyways, Nike, it has been a pleasure talking with you and recapping this experience, which again, was just made tenfold more magical uh, sharing that with you. So, and I'll be at Mont Blanc, so we'll get to see each other then. Oh, nice. And same to you. It was really nice to see you again. And thanks for having me in this podcast. Of course. You guys are so inspiring. And this has been the Subhub Podcast brought to you by Free Trail. Free Trail.